Give them a warm welcome, please. Tried not to fall coming down here. <laughs> okay, well, uh, first time up here, so it's new, but um, it's also my first time really giving my testimony. Um, so forgive me if I ramble or make any mistakes or anything. <laughs> um, I always kind of grew up in the church. My dad and mom always brought me to church growing up and my brother. Uh, I came to this church for a while. I remember being in the Sunday school over there a lot. Um, we switched around to a few churches uh, as we moved around and I honestly don't remember why, but eventually I stopped kind of coming. We got busy with other things in life, and as life go went on for me personally, um, I never was not Christian. I never renounced faith or went against it. I, you always, when things got bad, I would pray, or around Christmas, I'd remember. Um, to bring out the nativity scene or things like that, but it wasn't at the front of my mind. Um, that changed around a bit after high school into college. Um, as life got harder, I found myself praying more. And when it got really bad and I struggled with stuff like um, not knowing what to do with life, uh, worrying about what was next, on not only with career, college, things like that, but I worried about, I didn't know oh, what would happen if I died. I wasn't sure about stuff like that, and it became a hard part for me. Um, as that happened, though, I always remembered coming here, uh, my childhood here, the Sunday school, things like that. And one day, I don't remember what caused it, perhaps it was just were a lot, the worries got too much, but I asked my dad if he would um, come here with me again. He was more than happy to. He brought me here. I got to meet all of you my first day here. Everyone was so nice coming up to me, saying they were glad to see me here. Some of you even remembered me from when I came here as a kid. And the more I got into the church, active in it, started reading the Bible again, started praying again, what part of the reason why the testimony is so powerful for me is it helped so much. I stopped worrying about what would come next. I knew God had a plan for me, and I couldn't mess it up if he had it planned. Um, I stopped worrying about what would come next in the afterlife. I started believing in heaven. I knew where I would go. I felt more stable in life, and God helped with all of that. I was going to say that um, my testimony, since it's still a new thing and ongoing for me, is a work in progress, but I guess part of the reason why it's a testimony is everyone's is still a work in progress. But um, I thank you all for helping me with everything and for being so accepting for me here and giving me a place to be. Okay, next uh, we have uh, 
Pastor Larry Bradley is going to come up and give us the message for the day. Welcome. been this morning, huh? Here's a wonderful, well, it's a wonderful Christmas song. Thank you, Casey, for your wonderful leadership in our singing. Claudia, what a, oh my gosh, wonderful. And the great, wonderful solo. Uh, and what a testimony. <clears throat> I'm getting a little teary this morning for some reason. But uh, what a testimony, Greg. What a testimony. Uh, I mean, uh, Greg, did you that? Jacob, what a testimony. Uh, we have a couple uh, pair requests this morning. Uh, I talked to uh, Terry, had a successful surgery. You might know more. I called him Thursday. He was still in the hospital, but hoping to come home the next day. Um, so um, let's just pray for his continued recovery. And um, Terry, who had the leg operation, and he was in Sanford Hospital, Terry Bonham. And then uh, Smitty asked for a prayer for his brother, who had a severe neck injury as well. So let's go ahead and bow in prayer. Father, we thank you for, um, well, we thank you for your working in our lives, Lord. Thank you for the testimony that Jacob just gave us, Lord, how, you know, uh, for bringing Jacob back uh, to, to, to our church and, and of course, um, the, you know, the way you're moving in all of our lives, Lord. And we pray right now for Terry as he uh, recovers from the surgery on his leg. Uh, it was a successful surgery, and we just pray you give him a full healing in his leg, Lord, and for Smitty's brother who, who fell, had a severe neck injury, uh, Lord, we just pray that you uh, also place your hand of healing upon him, Father. Uh, please, God, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. Yeah, talking about uh, the love of, of the people here at Calvary, um, you know, my wife and I, you know, we're we were overwhelmed just a couple Saturdays ago, just once again, how you gave us, uh, you had that dinner for our second wedding anniversary, and uh, what a, we were overwhelmed with that love, and uh, Greg Savage, and that's when Greg Savage asked me the unexpected question, were you ever a Boy Scout? <laughs> I, I said yes. He said, well, if, if you were, then you should know the motto. Anybody remember the motto, Boy Scout motto? I think Casey knows it. Be, there you go. Oh, oh, Jimmy, who's that? Jimmy said, be prepared. Be prepared. That's right. That's right. You know, that's a good motto. That's a good motto for anything, isn't it? You know, I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want to, well, any significant work to be done, and if you want it to be done well, you know, you got to do the work of preparation. Uh, I remember uh, maybe le a little less than a year ago, uh, I came down to give a little bit of help to the front. They were working in the front uh, of the church here in the grounds. Joe, Joe Ramirez had organized the, uh, wor uh, the work to be done. Uh, Bobby was out there with his rototiller, uh, tilling the ground, bringing it, uh, preparing the ground. Um, uh, Myself and a few of us others were, were uh, digging out the grass from the dirt. And, but it was all a work of preparation for the beautiful landscape that, that we have here at Calvary Baptist. Preparation. Preparation. You know, preparation. God did plenty of preparation to put things in place before Jesus was born in this world. 
Uh, he prepared the world. All of the Old Testament is a story of preparation. Preparation for Jesus to come to be born in this world. You know, in the Bible times, when a king would travel to a distant land, workers would go out to prepare. The roads had to be prepared for him. The smooth road, the, the rough roads had to be made smooth. The crooked road straight. And God chose John the Baptist huh, to do that for Jesus. He prepared the road. He prepared the path. He prepared the way. And John was born of Elizabeth, a relative of Mary. And so if you have a Bible with you, I think it's also going to be up on the screen. Uh, I'm going to read from Luke. Luke chapter 1. So if you'd be willing and able, if you're willing and able, if you can stand with me, we're going to read about the birth of John this morning in this third Advent Sunday as we're preparing for uh, our Christmas message next Sunday. And here's the birth of John. Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 57. We're going to kind of uh, read a, uh, some verses uh, Skip a few and read some more. So here it goes. It says, uh, Luke 1, 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy and had shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. And they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No! He is to be called John. They said to her, there's no one in your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the boy, the child. He asked for a writing tablet. To everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened, his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak praises to God. The neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country, all the people of Judea were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. Skipping down now to verse 76. And you, my child, this is uh, Zechariah speaking to his son. And you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. You will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. To shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet in the path of peace. Amen. You may be seated. May God's word be blessed. John, John was preparing the way for Jesus' ministry, for his arrival, for the arrival of Jesus and for Jesus' ministry. And Jesus wants to do 
ministering through you and through me and through us. So, just like John, we need to prepare the way, prepare the way for Jesus to do his ministry, to accomplish what he wants to accomplish through you. Clear the path, <laughs> smooth the road, prepare the way for Jesus to do his work of ministry through you. There's three things this morning we're going to look at that, that Christ wants to do through you. And three things that you, you need to prepare uh, for him to do. And the first is this. And this is in your outline. It's in the back of the bulletin. If you're a note taker, as Pastor Dave used to say, if you're a note taker, it's in your bulletin. Christ wants, to, he wants you to prepare the way for the Lord to work in your life. Just like, just like he worked in the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth. When John was born, they were, old, they were of old age. This was a miracle, you know. Do you remember? Elizabeth was barren. And then God showed his great mercy by allowing them to have, give a, have birth to a child when she was way past childbearing age, bearing age. And it says in verse 56, when the time, verse 57, when the time came, Elizabeth had her baby and she gave birth to a son. The neighbors were there. Relatives were there. They were sharing her joy, sharing her joy in the goodness of God who blessed this woman who was barren with a baby boy. And the hand of God was definitely upon him. They knew it because, because of the way he was born. And they knew there was a purpose for this child. God was at work in their lives, and he wants to be in work in your lives, too. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord to work in your life for his purpose. You know, when the people that witnessed what, this miracle of God, this miracle uh, 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 of Mary, who was, I mean, sorry, Elizabeth, who was barren, uh, giving birth to this boy, they wondered who he would be. Verse 66, it says this, everyone who heard of it wondered about this, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hands was with him. Was with him. The new, new Living Translation says it this way. The, the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. God had a purpose for this baby boy. God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose. Now, after they witnessed this, who is this child going to be? What is this child going to be? Do you know the Bible says God, or not the Bible, well, it does say in the book of Jeremiah, God is the potter, hmm? we're the clay, right? Just like the hands of a potter, God impresses upon us. He's like, our part, our part is to be responsive to his touch, responsive. He wants to mold us, he wants to shape us, he wants to make us who he wants us and has purposed us to be. You remember the hymn? Have thine own way, remember? Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yield and still. See, the yielding and still part 
and, and yielding part, that's where we get a little bit stuck, right? We get a little bit stuck on that. We want to say, have mine own way, Lord, have mine own way. Uh-huh. You know, we want to do the molding. But, see, when we do the molding, we try to do the old molding in our life, we, end up, we can end up in the ditch, <laughs> right? Right? God says, we got to say, have thine own way. And then yield to his molding, to his touch, to his impressions. Prepare the way for the Lord to work in your life. To work in your life as he worked in the life of Elizabeth, Zechariah. You know, Rick Warren, Rick Warren, is a pastor of Saddleback Community Church, Orange County, California. One of the largest uh, churches in the United States. By the way, it's also the fastest growing church in the history of the Southern Baptists. Rick Warren uh, developed an acronym, a- an acronym of the word SHAPE uh, to help church members to find their place of ministry in the church. And uh, this, 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 this acronym of SHAPE is being used through, you know, throughout the country, throughout the, matter of fact, throughout the world. And I'm glad to see it's being used right here. Calvary Baptist Church. Now, SHAPE, every letter of that word has a meaning. And I'm going to go over it with you right now. Uh, the word S stands for your spiritual gift. What has God gifted you to do? The word H stands for the word heart. What do you love to do? The word A stands for the word ability. What natural talents and gifts do you have? And the word P stands for personality. Uh, what, what is your personality? What ministry sir, uh, best serves your personality where you, you're best suited? And the word E, the letter E, stands for experience. What experiences has God given you? Especially experiences that help you to relate to others that might be going through something that you've gone through. That you can help to minister to. God wants you to find your place of ministry. He wants you to be used by Him. There is a place for ministry for every believer. You know, I'm going to be offering my help and support to our wonderful shape team here at Calvary to help you to find your shape, the way God has molded you to be who you are, how he's shaped you. Because God has a purpose for you. He's working in your life, and he wants you to yield, and he wants me to yield to his touch. Every believer has a place. Prepare the way for the Lord to work in your life according to his purpose. Philippians 2.13, God is at work to will. God is at work in you to will and to work for his good purpose. All right? So then, the first thing Christ wants to do, he wants us, as we've said, to work in your life for his purpose. Not only to work in your life, but secondly, we're to prepare the way of the Lord to speak to your heart. To speak to your heart. Pick it up at verse 59. It says on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him. They were going to name him. Now, for the Jews, by the way, the, the, the eighth day when they circumcised was the day they were 
We're going to name him. That's when, that's when they did that uh, traditionally. For the Jews, naming a child was no small matter because the child, uh, the name would represent the, the person's character, the child's character, uh, the, the child's personality, who they would be. Not only that, but it was very important to carry on the family line and family names. You know, so they just assumed, took for granted, they're going to name him Zach, little Zach Jr., <laughs> right? <laughs> Zachariah, right? So they start to name him Zachariah. What does, Mary, what does Elizabeth do? Uh, stands up right away. No! Hold on. <laughs> no, his name's not Zachariah. His name is John. His name is John. And that, put a, that, must have, that must have put a startle in him a little bit. You know, wow, Elizabeth's kind of, she's taking a stand on this. What? You see, that was the name the angel, remember? That was the name the angel told Zechariah the baby was to be born. Zechariah knew it well because he was still paying the price for not believing it, the, ba- the angel's message. He was kind of hoping he could speak right about now. <laughs> by the way, by the way, the word John Hey, John, it means, it's a short version of the word Jehonan, which means Jehovah's gift. Thought you'd like to know that, John. <laughs> Jehovah's gift, huh? So John, look at what happens now. When they go to, uh, she, she's not going to budge on this. They start to argue with her. But, but Elizabeth, nobody in your family has that name. So what do they do? They turn to her husband, Zachariah, see what he's going to do, the one who can't speak. All right? So let's see now. We're going to go to uh, the next verse here. And we're going to go to verse 62. Verse 62 says it this way. They made signs to his father to find out what he would name the child. And he asked for a writing tablet. A, a writing tablet. And everyone was astonished. When he, when he wrote down his name is John. You see, he wrote it down. He wrote down the message, the word from God that was given to him. He wrote it down. Now, when you're preparing for the Lord to speak to your heart and you want to make it stick, it's a good idea to be prepared to write it down. Okay? Uh, You could make a spiritual journal of what God is teaching you so you don't forget it. You see, when you write it down, you, 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 you're wanting to hold, it helps you hold on to it with conviction to make it part of your life so you don't drift away, so you don't forget. Listen to what it says here, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Okay? So writing it down can be a very, very helpful thing. Prepare the way for the Lord to speak to you. And he puts it on your heart, you can write it down. To speak to you. Not only to speak to you, but to speak through you. Prepare the way for the Lord to speak through you. Look what happened to Zechariah. Look at this. Verse 64. The moment he, the moment he writes down his name is John, immediately his mouth is open. His tongue is loosed. He begins to do what? Speaking and praising God. Praising the Lord. I mean, you got to admit, this man was mute for nine months, right? I mean, it must have felt good. <laughs> I can speak, you know. And what does he do? First thing he does, 
praises God. He's praising the Lord. That God had loosed his mouth. And oh, I imagine the neighbors, the relatives, were just standing there looking at him. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they were in awe. I mean, the word spread like wildfire. Did you hear? Hey, hey, knocking on the door. Have you heard what happened to Zechariah? Have you heard what happened to Elizabeth? I mean, the word was spreading. John the Baptist was, his fame was spreading by the time he, he was eight days old. Okay, the word that God had done a work. God had done a miracle. They were speaking about it everywhere, talking about it, speaking up. There was gossip going around about what God had done, speaking up, speaking out. That's what God wants us to do, wants us to speak out. Speak about, speak out about what God is doing in your life. Speak out about God's word. You know, this is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing about being in the Bible. Especially if you memorize the verses that God is speaking to you about. Because you, if you could memorize what God is speaking to you about, then you can speak to someone else what God has spoken to you. Amen? Speak out. God, wow, did I miss something up there? Okay, God wants to speak to your heart. This is talking about God speaking to your heart, speaking to you, speaking through you. He wants you. He wants you to speak. Speak. Speak about him. Speak the good news. I remember just before COVID, Terry Boone, here at Calvary Baptist, led a full group of us on how to visit, many of you here were in there, you guys remember, how to go door to door, speaking out, as a matter of fact, what was the name of the program? Speak Up. It was called Speak Up. How to share, we had some Gideon Bibles, and I, my partner was Greg, uh, with Greg Sherman, father of Jacob. Remember Greg? We had a good time, we went out, we had a lot of good conversations with people, Pray, and I know many of you else did too, we heard you. What were we doing? Speaking out. Speaking out. Zachariah was speaking out. He was telling, letting the world know. And people were spreading the word. People were spreading the word. What God had done in his life. This message was going out. God was speaking through them. It prepared the way for the Lord to speak to you and to speak through you. So then. Prepare the way for the Lord to work in your life. Prepare the way for the Lord to speak to your heart. Third and finally, prepare the way for the Lord to shine his light. To shine his light. To reveal his nature. To reveal his character. To reveal his holiness. Not only to reveal his holiness, but to reveal your sin and my sin. Because when he reveals our sin, it... it, it reminds us the only way, and to reveal to us the only way we can have a relationship with God is to be forgiven of our sins. You see, this was the ministry of John the Baptist to shine the light of knowledge that salvation comes only through the forgiveness of sins. He, when, listen to this now. We're, we're going to look into this song that, that his father Zechariah is singing in verse 76 and 77. This is where he's, he's been singing about the Savior, Jesus Christ, and he switches to address his very own son. 
And in verse 76 now, Zechariah is singing to his son. And he says this. You, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. Listen to this now. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through what? Through the forgiveness of their sins. You cannot be saved if you're not forgiven. The forgiveness of sins, the light of the knowledge of God's holiness and our need for forgiveness. John the Baptist preached this. He, pra- he preached a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. This was a baptism of preparation. This was not a baptism that John had no power in himself to forgive. But his water baptism prepared the world for the one who would baptize by the Holy Spirit. And that's how we get forgiven. The Holy Spirit comes in, renews us, cleanses us. Jesus brings us his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to forgive us and to cleanse us and to make us new. John couldn't give forgiveness, but he could prepare the way. He pointed to the way to show, uh, he, he pointed the way, prepared the way, and pointed the way so they might know the one who is the way. Huh? What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. John was preparing the way for the Lord. His baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins was shining the light on our sin and the fact that we need forgiveness. And the only way we're going to get forgiveness is to repent. Repent. Luke chapter 3. We're going to take a look now at the very beginning of John's ministry. And we'll find him in in the desert. Okay, we'll find him in the desert. That's in A.D., by the word, the year, the year is A.D. 28. Okay, God, let's take a look. Luke chapter 3, uh, middle of that second verse, it says this. He was out, uh, uh, it says this. The word of God, I'm in verse 2, middle of it. The word of God came to John, John, son of who? Of Zechariah, in the desert. Okay, the word of God came. He went out, he went into all the country of Jerusalem, Jordan rather, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Remember the paths the kings needed to have? He prepared the paths. John was preparing the path. He was preparing that. Now, this is a baptism of repentance. He goes on in this chapter to say, hey, it's not enough. You say you re- it's not enough to say you repent. Huh? By the way, repentance means you change. It's a, literally a change of mind, a change of behavior, a change of things you do. You can't just say you repent. You got to do it. You got to prove your repentance by your deeds. Listen to this. Still in chapter 3. Several people come up, several of the Jews and others come up to be baptized by John. And I want you to hear what he tells them to do because they're going to ask him, what, how do I repent? See, true repentance calls, calls for true change. Verse 2, uh, let's continue up. Let's pick it up at verse 10. Verse 10, 
uh, the, some of the crowd. They asked him, what should we do? John answered, the man who has two tunics should share with him who has none, and the one who has food should do the same. In other words, share what you got. Verse 12, tax collectors. Tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they said, well, what should we do? Don't collect any money that you aren't required to. In other words, don't skim anything off the top, okay? He replied, don't extort money and don't extort. Uh, and the soldiers come. Here come the soldiers. Uh, what should we do? Don't extort. Here, here's his answer. Don't extort money. Don't accuse people falsely. And be content with, with, with your pay. In other words, don't try to squeeze people to get something that doesn't belong to you. All right? These are the things, practical steps to show you literally, you have repented. To show that you've turned, you've turned, you're turning to the Lord. See, the Lord shines his light on us to give us conviction, uh, to give us a conviction, to give us a knowledge that, that we do need forgiveness. Of course, as I just said, John could not give that forgiveness, but he pointed the way. Listen to this. Jesus came to John to be baptized in the Jordan River. Remember? John chapter 1, verse 29. Jesus came to him, and the moment John saw Jesus, the Holy Spirit put it upon him, he said, behold, what? Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He was pointing to Jesus. John couldn't forgive it, but Jesus could. Only Jesus could, and he, he gives us forgiveness through his blood upon the cross. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Prepare the way for the Lord to shine his light, to shine the light of his holiness, of, of, of his nature, and to shine the light of his peace. Verse 78. We're back in Luke 1, verse 78. It says this. Here's a, it's, this is in the song of Zechariah. It says, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun, isn't that beautiful imagery? The rising sun, talking about the sun in the sky, will come to us from heaven. To shine on those, okay, let's stop there for a moment. Zechariah is singing about the Savior coming like the rising sun of the dawn that breaks upon us. Next verse, verse 79. He says, he talks about the, the, the light of the sun and what the what sun comes to do. It, it, he says, verse 79, the sun comes to shine on those living in darkness and in, in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the path of peace. Just like the sun rises in the morning to give us light to see, Jesus gives, us, gives light to those living in darkness that they may, might see. He's the rising sun. C.S. Lewis says this is why he believes in Christianity. He says he talks about the, the, the light that the sun brings when it rises in the morning and allowing us to see. And he compares that to Christianity. He says this, talking about the sun in the sky, he says, I believe in Christianity as I believe in the sun. 
not because I see it, but because, but because of it, I can see everything else. <laughs> well, in other words, we might not be able to see Jesus, but we see the light that he brings. Amen? What does he say? John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is the light of life. And he leads us, he leads us in the path of peace. Verse 79, his purpose, the purpose of the light is to guide our feet in the path of peace. The word peace here has the idea of peaceful and harmonious relationships with man and with God. Living in peace, the, the, the guiding our feet in the path of peace. When you know Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, your eyes are upon him, the light of his peace, and you should seek to walk in the path of his peace. Listen to this, Romans 14, 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace. In other words, be careful in your words. Be thoughtful in your actions. Uh, do what leads to peace. And if it seems like something is not at peace, make every effort to make it so. If it, so what does it say in Romans? As far as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. He guides our feet in the path of peace. In the path of peace. Now, that means our minds and our hearts should be ruled by the Prince of Peace. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Seek the light of his peace. Seek the light of his peace in your decisions. Seek the light of his peace in your relations. Seek the light of his peace in everything you do. Walk the path of peace. That's what his light has come to bring us, to bring us his peace. Prepare the way to the Lord to shine his light of peace in your life. Prepare the way for the Lord to do those three things, to work in your life, shaping you and molding you for his purpose. Second, to speak to your heart so that you can hold on to his word with conviction and speak out about it. And third, to shine his light, the light of the knowledge of his holiness and the light of knowledge of our sin and our need to be forgiven, to be at peace. With him. Jesus rose from the dead like the rising sun to give us his light. By turning to him, we're forgiven of sins and he guides our feet in the path of peace. What's the motto? Be prepared. Be prepared. Have you prepared? Have you prepared your heart to find him? Have you prepared the way in your heart for him to guide you? Prepare the way of the Lord.
Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the message, Lord. We thank you for the messenger. John the Baptist said you, he for, it was a forerunner of Christ, preparing the way, Lord, letting people know that we need forgiveness. But that's just the starting point. We begin by repentance. We begin by repentance. And, Lord, then, Jesus, you enter in as we call upon you, as we turn to you. And you guide our feet in the path of peace. Lead us, Lord, by your light. Lead us, Lord, by your peace. In your name we pray. Amen.